KCAA Loma Linda, 10.50 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. And that's kind of where it started. And do you consider, have you always considered yourself an entrepreneur? Yes. Ever since I was a kid, you know, I remember training. Welcome to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, created and hosted by Scott Knudsen, to explore uh, the crossroads of horses and business. Now here's your host, Scott Knudsen. I'm Glenn the Geek from Horses in the Morning. And I'm Scott Knutson, the Cowboy Entrepreneur. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for April the 29th, episode 2923. This episode is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. Good morning, horse world. We have something a little different for you today. For two years, I think, I've been talking to Scott about doing a a show together because Scott also has a podcast. And we said we should do a joint show together sometime and then put it out on both feeds. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. I'm so glad we're doing it. You know, I appreciate the invite for sure. You know, I and part of it was that anytime you've been on the show as a guest, we just had a great time. Yeah, like, I just laughed the whole time. So I don't know what value I bring besides laughing, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about, tell my listeners about your show, and then I'll tell them a little bit about my, your listeners about my show. That sounds great. That sounds great. So we have a little bit more than 60 of our shows recorded. Nowhere near your number yet, but... Um, because uh, uh, you're in a class of your own. Um, but it's a lifestyle show. It's kind of where the crossroads of the horse world and the business world intersect. And uh, talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of Hall of Famers and, and uh, business people and, and people that just love horses. And, and that's kind of where it started. And do you consider, have you always considered yourself an entrepreneur? Yes. Ever since I was a kid. You know, I remember training the neighbor's horses when I was, you know, young, very young. And, uh, you know, I loved it. I loved every part of the business. So it's still do apparently. Oh, I love it so much. I can't wait to wake up in the morning to get to work. You know, it's such (laughs) a great feeling. Now you have kids. How many kids do you have? I have one daughter and she's 17 and, and she, uh, a funny story. So she grew up at the barn and, and she's a singer now, but, um, and she can still ride like crazy, but she grew up at the barn and we had a horse walker still have, you know, horse walker and we hung her baby swing from it. She'd go around the walker with the horses and <laughs> it was like her mini redneck six flags, you know, and, uh, but <laughs> and it was the only way I could keep, I could stay close to her because I was always down there riding. And I'd ride a horse and cool him off on the walker and say hi to the baby girl and get another horse. And uh, it'd still be going around. She'd go around and she'd say, Faster, Daddy, now go backwards. <laughs> She's a singer. Did she ever did she get the horse bug or no? she loves them? She's great with them, but she's more on the stage than she is in a saddle now. But um she's she's got a talent. When she was younger, I always would put her in the videos of the horses that we were selling. She's like, Daddy, I figured out why you have me doing this. It's like, why? I said, because I'm young and you want everybody to know how kid friendly they are. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And that's why you do it. So I cut her in 10% and we went down there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how many auctions have we been to with little kids riding horses? Man, <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> you know, who's really good at that? I grew up in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Who's really good at that is the Amish auctions. When you go to the Amish auctions, okay. you'll see the little three-year-old sitting up there, no saddle or nothing, riding the horses. <laughs> oh, I want to do that. I'm going to buy that horse. I'll take it home. It's <laughs> not the exactly. same. <laughs> exactly. Now, do you have a recording of her? I could play a little bit of her on the show today. I'll have to get one. I sure will. Let me get one. I'll okay. get one. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. Uh, working on her first demo album now. It's, it's pretty fun. Um, yeah, she just grew up on the stage and loves it. She's done uh, over 30 live 
theater shows and um yeah well and i was a performer you know i owned an acting company for 10 years did you Uh, really oh my goodness actually we're doing video right behind me there is us we were we did medieval feasts so uh we did 10 450 shows at a castle in pennsylvania oh my uh, goodness that was that had to be taxing on you didn't it because that's a lot of shows yeah, it was a lot of shows. I, I played the king, so I was also the director. So it worked out that the, we did improvisational theater. So uh-huh. it, uh, it was a lot of fun. I do miss, you know, what you and I do, we get feedback, but it's right. not immediate feedback, yeah, right? That's true. That's so true. I do miss being on stage. Like she gets that immediate feedback that people love it or hate it. Right? <laughs> so yeah, it's one or right. the other. Uh, but you don't hear people laugh or clap or, you know, doing what we do. We, no. I do kind of miss that. Yeah, I bet. I bet you. Would you ever go back and get on stage? I think if the opportunity came up, I do that a little bit when I do speaking at conferences and things. You know, mm-hmm. you could, and we do we teach at uh, some of the podcasting conferences. We teach improv, mm-hmm. um, and we teach it because we believe that if you learn the fundamental basics of improv, you become a better interviewer. Love it. For I love yeah. it. Yeah. So it makes sense. It, it does. You know, I, I, I like being on stage speaking because you do hear that. But I think the improv part, like what you're saying, is so important because you never know where it's going to go. You do it all the time when you're training horses. A- absolutely. Yeah, they tell me they absolutely. Yeah. And we, you, you know, am I going with a certain plan? And by the end of the lesson, it's a totally different deal. So, and you have to listen to them. If you absolutely. don't, it's not going well. <laughs> it's not going well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. So, so where can they can find uh, the podcast on any podcast player, I assume just the search for cowboy entrepreneur, cowboy entrepreneur, and they'll find this any any podcast player we're on the yeah, everyone. So uh, also, they can find us on YouTube or Facebook, Instagram, on cowboy entrepreneur and follow us and and see what we're doing. And we'll always put up, you know, different things, you know, working on the tractor, you know, driving, putting out hay or riding a horse and kind of in between the shows. So, um, but we love the lifestyle. We love the people, we love the interaction when somebody actually messages us or, or something on, on Facebook or Instagram, we always respond pretty quick, you know, cause uh, if they took time to message us, I want to make sure we respond in a timely manner. And, and uh, by the way, that accent it. is real. He lives in Texas. So. I, I do man. <laughs> South, South central Texas. And I, you know, half the words no one understands, but I'm probably saying I'm wrong anyway. So <laughs> See, I'm a fake cowboy. Scott's a real cowboy. So I, I don't know, man. If you got a horse, you're, you're going good right there. Right there. What about your show, though? You got a milestone coming up in August. Yeah, we, we've been Horses in the Morning is the it's the only daily show for the horse world. We we've been doing it since 2010. So we're 12 years and we're hitting 3000 episodes in August. And I've been asking around a lot of my podcasting friends, and it looks like we're the longest running uh, independent podcast of all podcasts. So uh, there's a couple of corporate NPR and some of those that have hit 3000 episodes, but we think we're the longest running independent one that first one to hit 3000 episodes. So that's coming up. Uh, in August, we're very excited. I'll be going to Oklahoma and Texas actually to celebrate that. So, oh man, congratulations! Uh, so, what are you going to do for the three thousand show? Because that's well, we're I'm going to head out to my co-host in Oklahoma. I've had the same co-host since the beginning, since day one, wow. uh, which is unheard of too. Yes, you know, it is. That's unheard of for co-hosts to stay together. And Jamie and I, uh, you know, we know each other so well now because we've done three thousand episodes <laughs> together. But we're going to go out to her farm. She's in Oklahoma, Norman. Uh, oh, cool. And we're going to, yeah, we're going to, we haven't seen our new farm out there yet. So we're going to go do that and see a little bit of Oklahoma and then head down to Texas for a little while. So Wonderful. we're very excited about that. And, and uh, you know, and we always involve the listeners. So we'll, we'll, we'll get a bunch of voicemails that we'll play and uh, you know, they'll be, in, they'll definitely be involved in that episode. That'll, that'll be a milestone for sure. That's a great, that's great. So how do you do it every day? every well, day you know ours is once a week you know and there's well it's full time i mean we've been full time for a long time that helps you know it's, right. it's our job right. you know it, yeah. it's our job we make a living doing it and we you know we 
I get up in the morning, I probably spend two, three hours, sometimes four with show prep for that morning. Wow. And then we record the show about 10 o'clock. Um, and then we spend about two hours together. Uh, and then the show goes out to editors and it's out by one o'clock. So it's out the same day. We, we record it as live. So we do it like we're live. The guests are all in order and we try not to stop and take breaks or anything like that. We go like we're live. We did it live for years. Um, so that it, it's, it's a lot of work. We have somebody else that books the guests. We have an editor that puts the show out at the end of, you know, when we're done recording. So it, it takes a team. It takes a group to do that. Uh, my wife book because we can do we can do five to ten guests in a week. Wow. Well, you know what that's like. Booking guests is a nightmare. It, it, it's <laughs> tough. And I was a guest on your show, and it was so smooth though the whole process. It was so your whole team is just so professional. It made it so easy. Well, after three thousand episodes, you better be good at it. <laughs> you got to be somewhat polished. <laughs> <laughs> we do, you know. People, I always say when I'm teaching these classes preparation is what makes you sound like you're doing it off the cuff. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Preparation makes your show sound natural and like it's not really well prepared. Yet you saw my notes today. We have we have everything in order. We know when the commercials are coming. Uh, speaking of which, we have come one coming up. But we know when the commercials are coming. We know when the guests are coming in. We know what times that all has to happen at. So we do we do prepare for these shows, yeah. even though it sounds like we're just speaking off the cuff. Right. Uh, we don't have a script but we do know what we're going to do when. And I think that's what makes it sound professional uh, is preparation for sure. But it's a, such a fine line that you're so prepared and all that prep work, but it's so conversational and it looks effortless, but there's so much work behind it, you know? So it's, isn't it's that true line. of training horses? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. It, it's all that groundwork and the preparation before you get on them the first time. And then it's all the walking and the walking and the walking and then the trotting or, you know, and, and then you get to the point where you're actually doing something with them, but without that groundwork, it's the same thing when you think about it. Absolutely. Steps on the ladder. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, the show has bucked us off a few times. Oh <laughs> 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 boy. I can relate. <laughs> Uh, yeah, technology will do that. Yeah. <laughs> It'll humble you quick, won't it? Yep. Oh, it my will. goodness. Hey, so today, so you had somebody helping put this together today. Yes. And, and, and tell us who that was. Elizabeth McCall. First off, she's a dear friend of mine, but uh, she's our publicist. She's our media consultant. And she's really helped so much in uh, connecting us and putting the show together and, and, uh, She's uh, just a great person. But she kind of played a trick on us today when you really think about it. We have she these did. two old cowboys. Yes, yes. <laughs> she put the guests together today. So these two old cowboys, guess what we're, we're going to be talking about today? Briar horses. Yeah. You and yeah. I together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. And we, it was so good, though, you know. Um, yeah, it, it was, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> But I love what they do for our industry, for sure. It's it's great. And and some of my fondest memories were buying those horses with my daughter, for sure. But um, how many had broken legs, by the way? They always seem oh, to have a couple I, of them. Probably all legs. of them. I'd say the majority <laughs> of them, you know. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, you know, being out here on the ranch, we duct taped them up and you know, and, and then once she got once my daughter Haley, she understood what horse tape is. We, we'd bring the horse tape. Some would have the green tape and the pink tape for the girls, you know, and made it authentic. <laughs> well, we have, uh, speaking of with Stephanie, we have Stephanie from Briars joining us. And she's like, she's like uh, the big boss over there. Yes. Um, and she's going to be joining us along with Jamie, who's the senior events manager. And we're going to be talking about Briar Fest this year because they've done it virtually the last couple of years. And this year they're doing it both virtually and in real in person at the Kentucky Horse Park. And I've been fortunate enough to go to that. We did a show there a long time ago. 
Also, we have one of their artists, one of their model artists who did the sculpture at, at sculptures, and her name is Kylie Parks, and she's going to tell us what it's like to sculpt a briar and how all that works. So we're going to learn about briars today, and then also you and I are going to hang around and talk some more too uh, about whatever. We, we haven't even decided that. See, that was lack of prep right there. That is but, off the cuff. Yeah. <laughs> but you and I, we don't need to, we don't need no, to have prep no, for that. No, no, no. Let's take a break for our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Stephanie and Jamie and also Kylie. Scott will be right back with more. Hi, I'm Scott Knudsen, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Heard on KCAA, Fridays, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'd like to talk to you about something I'm very passionate about. Those that know me know I love my coffee. In the morning, afternoon, and even late in the evening, I enjoy a good cup of coffee almost any time of the day. Now, my team at the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show has been working for several months on creating and introducing our own brand of coffee. We wanted to make sure that we got it just right. We don't want to put our name on anything unless we're 100% certain that it's the best product available, and we've finally done it. We have created a wonderful line of coffees, 13 fantastic flavors offered in whole bean, ground, and K-cups, any way you like to brew your coffee. Now, each of our coffees carries our brand, the very same brand that we put on our horses, our trailers, and our chaps. So you know that this is a quality product. And we only use 100% Arabica beans, the very best beans available. Just listen to some of these wonderful blends and flavors. Jamaican Me Crazy, Honduran San Marcos, Chocolate Cherry Amaretto, Breakfast Blend, and my very favorite, Haley's Blend. A coffee so good, we named it after my daughter. You can order these coffees today by going online to javacowboy.com. That's javacowboy.com. And if you order today, you can get an extra 10% off your final purchase just by entering the promo code COWBOY on checkout. Remember, that's promo code COWBOY for an extra 10% off. Just go to javacowboy.com to order your coffee today. Well, Jamie and Stephanie, it's good to see you. Stephanie, it's been a long time. I'm so happy to see you. Wonderful to be here. Yes. Briar, I'll tell you what, I own Briars. I want to just point that out here for for especially all of all of my listeners. Uh, I own Mary Phelps's uh, little gangster ponies right here. I'm showing them on the video. (laughs) I own the little gangster ponies, and they're the cutest things ever. So I, I'm so she, I actually got them from her, and I think it, they're signed on here somewhere. So they have her signature on them. Well, so, if they're not signed, you can go see them on May 21st at WEC at the World Equestrian Center. She's going to be doing a driving demonstration, and all four ponies will be there, so you can get your box signed. Oh, there you go. That's cool. That's she, cool. That is, she's that is so a popular well set of ours four. with uh, Tony DePony and Bugsy Maloney. Bugsy Maloney, yeah. love them. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Love that. These I used to get them for my daughter, here. but they never stayed in the box. They were all over the place, but that was great. That was <laughs> were the legs well, you, broken you off? should see my floor yeah. of my office. It, it doesn't <laughs> stop as you grow up. <laughs> Love it. Nope. So you guys, I mean, we did Briarfest. We actually did a show from Briarfest, and Stephanie mm-hmm. probably remembers this, but it was in 2012. It's 10 years ago already. That is so hard to believe. I mean, time just goes by so fast. And then even most recently, of course, with COVID, we had to switch to a virtual format. And it's hard to believe that was two years. And now we're back in Kentucky for um, what we're calling a hybrid event, which is a full on-site Briarfest. And then we'll have a whole virtual event happening at the same time being broadcast live from the park. And when is it? What are the dates, Stephanie? It's July 15th through the 17th, right, Jamie? And um, (laughs) (laughs) it is uh, at the Kentucky Horse Park in Lexington. And so we'll have um, basically hundreds of live horses, uh, lots of demos going on. We're going to have a big trade show for shopping. There's going to be workshops and seminars. In fact, Kylie will be teaching a workshop (laughs) Um, We have stable mates painting and um, a whole variety of activities, including model horse showing, which is a thing. You can win ribbons and trophies even uh, with your model horses. So something for everyone. We try to build it as a real family festival. 
Jamie, your fans are, they're not just fans. They're rabid <laughs> fans. Uh, if they're we had them tested, passionate. they would test positive. Let, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> they are. And my wife actually used to, when we had our tax shop, she used to paint, she used to get the blanks or whatever they're called, you know, and she used to paint them and sell them at the tax shop. Nice. So, yeah. So I, I was very familiar with Briar from, from, I married into it basically. Very That's good. That very good. Yeah. Our fans are fantastic. I mean, they, they operate so well in sort of the online world. So virtual was actually um, really interesting to do and host that way, but they're so looking forward to getting back to Kentucky and being together as a community and you know, really having that that you know, back together feeling that we're all so desperately missing. So we're all really, really excited to be back in Kentucky. Scott, they always have like a headliner. Uh, by the way, guys, I met and she's a good friend of ours now, and she's been on our show a hundred times. Is Templeton Thompson because mm -hmm. of Briarfest? Yeah, that's Temple's how we awesome. met twelve years ago because she had mm -hmm. she went there and sang, yeah, and mm -hmm. that's how we met. <laughs> was all yeah. those years ago so is there a big headliner what who's your who's who are the people coming in that are on the poster yeah so we have every year we have a celebration horse that's sort of like our homecoming king or queen um this year we have a german riding pony by the name of nicholas and stephanie i believe has his model there oh um, yes for those who are watching um here is our beautiful buckskin yeah. german riding pony nicholas yeah. he's a brand new sculpt and it was actually done by a German artist, um, Brigitte Everill, and um, she'll be at the event. So it'll be really exciting to have the pony there and the sculptor so people can get their autograph signed and um, meet Nicholas. They call him Nico. Um, so and his his barn mate is actually also a briar, um, Avatar's jazz man. So his owner has or his trainer has um, both of them uh, coming this year. Be really cool. Very cool. Scott, your kids had briars? Yes, they do. Yeah, my daughter loves it. Ever since she grew up, every time we were, any place they sold briars, we were getting a briar. It, it didn't <laughs> matter. And she loved, <laughs> you know, I don't know if we had more horses in the barn or in the closet, but we had them everywhere. <laughs> it, it's so much fun. So so what do you see as far as the people that go to briar or that five brown horses? Are they, do they have actual horses or is Briar their way to the horse world? It's a big mix. I mean, Stephanie, I'm sure would agree. Uh, we have at least at Briarfest specifically, there's at least 50% of our crowd just loves Briar and loves horses and maybe they can't ride as a kid or they didn't have the means to get or they don't have access um, and Briar's their way to be involved in the horse world and have that equestrian connection. Um, and then coming to Briarfest kind of brings it full circle for them. And then the other half are, you know, quote, real horse people and they have that experience and, um, you know, have the access to horses. But we, we really love that all of our fans have um, kind of both sides and we get to talk to all kinds of different people that just love horses and, you know, want to be involved in some way. I love it. I, you know, and Stephanie and I were talking about it, you know, it's such a great way to get people involved in the industry and bring them into the industry and learn about the industry. Yeah, we've um, found that a lot. Sorry, Steph. Um, we found that a lot with our, yeah. our um, virtual format and going into this hybrid um, format for Briarfest. So many people have that can't make it to, to Kentucky or haven't been able to make it to Kentucky were able to join us online and same will hold true for this year. So we're, the reach of Briarfest has grown so much and Briar in general. Um, because of the last two years and how much we've been able to do virtually, uh, it's really it's been a really cool way of um, bringing more people into the industry. Scott's right too. One of the things we've when we talk to people and and we talk to representatives from the various associations, Scott, you probably have the same thing. The biggest complaint they have every horse association, every breed association, every sport association, it's youngsters coming in. They have less and less of them, and their their membership is aging out. So they're decreasing membership and it, it is a big concern. It's something that everybody's concerned about. So you guys are actually one of the groups that's really helping bring the excitement with kids and, you know, hoping that they go from this, I'm holding up my Bugsy Maloney, um, and then <laughs> go, go, you know, go out and get a real pony. You know, that's what we're hoping. Uh, that's, as an industry, we need that. 
Yeah. That's exactly it. And one of the, the cool things about Briarfest as well, and Jamie, you could talk to the variety of all the different breeds that we represent and um, some of our special guests this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have, um, we have everyone from Blue Roan Clydesdales. We have Morgans. Uh, we have uh, Welsh ponies coming. We have uh, a Frisian Appaloosa, Danny, who is our celebration horse from 2021. Um, is joining us on site. She's this big, beautiful, spotted wonder. She's awesome. Um, we have uh, Icelandics. Um, the Blue Roan Clydesdales are bringing a baby, which is very fun. Oh, big, cool. Fuzzy, fun. fuzzy blue baby, which will be really, really cute. Kylie's got at least one baby at home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we, we try and represent. We have a huge saddlebred group coming. Uh, so we try and really have all of the breeds represented as, as, most, as best we can. Um, obviously, this year being Germany, we have a small focus on some interesting German breeds. Um, Black Forest Horse is coming with a Black Forest um, Horse Stallion. There's only, I think, two stallions in the country. Um, he was, I think there's only 24 or 25 Black Forest Horses in the country at all between um, Canada and the U.S. actually. So um, he'll be there. We have... Um, Oh gosh, we've got too many. We we just try and represent as many breeds as we possibly can. Love that. Uh, I love that. I love how you did twice the amount of work this year too doing a hybrid event for the fans that can't <laughs> always go. And I think you said, Stephanie, before that it's more countries were able to join. Like, isn't that great that they we were we were. Yeah, we were astonished, Scott, when um, we had over 125 countries participating. And I remember looking online and saying, there's someone who's active and they're from a little, you know, island called Reunion. Where is that? And who is this person? And and they're spending, you know, a couple hours a day at Briarfest. Um, so it was really fun to see the participation. And and that is the one thing, the feedback that we received, because we do a post-event survey. And um, so many of the fans were so excited to learn all the different aspects of not only Briarfest, but the activities, the, the, um, the workshops, the seminars, the, the different breed demonstrations uh, that Jamie and her team put together. Um, we had our live broadcast. So they were able to participate in that. They were able to participate in our charity auction and really feel like they attended Briarfest. And so we got a lot of great feedback that, you know, please make sure you have this availability for us in the future. So um, that's well, what and we're you looking know, as to a do. As a business decision, that was a wise decision with, with inflation and the cost of travel right now, you know, it was a wise decision to do that. That was, it turned out it was, you know, a doubly good decision. Hey, yesterday on the show, we had some pin hookers on and Scott, I finally understand now what a pin hooker is after, you know, all of these years of talking about them. I think I got a good idea now, but they both were at the sale here in Ocala and they both had million dollar horses sell. Uh, one of them was bought for 200,000, sold it six months later for a million three. So that wasn't bad. But then I did hear last year you had an, was it last year you had the auction where one of them sold for like $20,000, one of the briars? Mm-hmm. They bring crazy money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... Our auction last year had, I think, five or six horses that went for seventeen or $18,000. Whoa. Each. Each. <laughs> Each. Yeah. It is amazing. But, you know, the investment, really, if you think about it, you have no vet bills. You don't have to, (laughs) you know, you have no shavings or hay that you're buying. Um, You don't have to worry about. These ponies have been a lot less expensive than my real pony. That is I know. No farrier. So come on. You can have as many as you'd like. And quite frankly, $17,000 and $22,000 is a bargain in comparison. (laughs) (laughs) The lifetime value. Said, said very well by a true uh, pure blood briar uh, employee for, for the last you've been there forever I know, I since mean, i've known you yeah she bleeds she blue her. and yellow so beautiful this is chablis one of our uh the um german horses that'll be at briar fest but whether beautiful. it's that size or if you want a little black forest pony i mean Look you can there. have all the different colors, all the different breeds. I've got over here uh, one of the Mustangs that'll be one of our Briarfest horses, but he's got a German name, Stein. <laughs> so, 
little bit. Uh, just holding up a few of our models that'll be uh, at Briarfest. But no, it's true. Um, All right. Um, I have to show. I yeah. have to show our fun little guys here. So these are three Those little are not bear horses. cubs. Yeah, they're well, they're Briar models. They're not exactly okay. horses. They're little bears. Um, so in our nod to gummy bears. We, which is a popular German candy and obviously very popular everywhere, um, but they're actually scented. So the red one smells like raspberry and the green one smells like strawberry, which is very fun. My office here smells divine. And then <laughs> the yellow friend smells like lemon, but they're not, they're not overpowering. Like I have them on my table and I have to really get close to, to smell them, but they're, they're super fun and really cute. Every year for Briarfest, we have um, they're not edible, right? That's a, a non-horse. So we did our gummy bears. And they're not Briar edible, bears. right? They're, you... No, they're collectibles. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> so back, back in the 50s, Briar started off as Briar Animal Creation. So we had actually a lot of livestock and um, North American wildlife. And so the bears, we don't really produce very often, but with the German theme and the you know German candy, we said, let's try to replicate that. And actually our, our fans are really excited because it's going to be certainly a very rare bear for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we let you two go, um, I wanted to ask you two things. One, where do people find out about how to go to Briarfest, either virtually or in person? Everything is on briarhorses.com. There's a whole events tab at the top and we've got tons of pages all about all about Briarfest, where to buy your tickets, um, all about the models, all about the horses that are coming. Um, there's also a first time guide. If you're new to Briarfest and want to learn all about it, it gives you everything from where to stay to how to get there, what to do on site. Um, it's a whole kind of guide to the event. And one of your sculptors is coming up next. She's been patiently waiting here. Kylie is here and she's going to be there. She, you're doing a, uh, I think she's doing a demonstration. How do you pick who, who sculpts a horse? How is great that chosen? Question. Great question. <laughs> wow, that, it is a great question. What is interesting is um, we have a variety of different sculptors. And um, what is so fun is that Briar originally started with um, Chris Hess, who is both the engineer and mold maker for all of our injection molded tools, but he also was the sculptor. So what was fascinating about him is he knew both the three-dimensional creation of the model, but then also sort of the opposite in the creation of the tooling. He passed away in the 80s and Briar actually struggled quite a bit in finding artists who um, had the same capability and vision and ability because bronze sculptors actually can be very stylistic. What's interesting is that we have a lot of sculptors who came up through the ranks of customizing their briar horses as kids and then honing their craft, honing their craft, and then getting so incredibly skilled that I would say a vast majority of our sculptors that we work with started off that way and have incredible talent and um, such a passion for creating these sculptures that it shows, like it absolutely shows. And the horses are imbued with such personality, spirit and character that um, for us here, we're just so excited to work with sculptors like Kylie that just are super talented, but super passionate about what they do. and. Um, so it's really fun. It's been a bit of a collaboration of us reaching out and also artists reaching into us and, and making proposals and saying, hey, you know, I think you need this particular breed in your line, or I've taken um, a shot at this and, you know, um, can we talk about doing something together? And, and so it's been a lot of research on our part, but then also a lot of people who've come to us. So it's, it's been really exciting to see the blossoming really of the talent that um, we've been able to, to work with such great people. Thank you for listening to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Scott will be right back with more. For more information on Scott Knudsen, the Cowboy Entrepreneur, visit us online at cowboyentrepreneur.com. So we have Kylie Park. She is a sculptor for Briar, Briar Horses. So Kylie, welcome to 
uh, Glenn's show and my show. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and get to be with Stephanie. I mean, childhood dreams. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, so what started this? So I know you're in the horse business. You're watching out the window for baby horses anytime some foals come in. But so what, what started from that to being a sculptor for Briar? I mean, horses are just at the core of who I am. Um, my mom was a horse trainer and a single mom. I grew up at the barn. And, you know, when I wasn't on my horses, I was at home drawing them, pushing them around in clay. I mean, art and horses are just part of who I am. And obviously when I wasn't able to be with the horses, I had my carpet herd of briars and every year at Christmas, carpet oh, herd. I had briars I wanted, do not give me Barbies. I want bri briars only. So, I, I mean, if, since I was small, that was, this is who I am. <laughs> I love it. And, and you tracked across the country to go to your first Briar Fest. Like you were young, right? Yeah, yeah. California girl. And I made my stepmother actually fly me out to uh, Kentucky when I was probably 10 or 11. And I, that was it. That was no going back for me. It was just an absolute immersion in everything that was part of my youth and I mean it was heaven just That's absolute awesome. heaven there's, there's plastic horses I couldn't get enough there's no going back <laughs> no 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 so so I, I love carpet herd you just messed me up with that but it's so true that's exactly what it is uh, oh my goodness so so uh <laughs> um you messed me up so, so what was your, what was your favorite sculpture? What was your favorite horse, your first opportunity? Um, model horse wise, I was always drawn to like the Marin full sets, you know, if I can get a mom, a baby and a dad, it was like, woof, just that is right up my alley. Um, my first one was a pony. I think it was like the Shetland pony with the flax and mane and tail. Awesome. Uh, and yeah, it's, I could not get enough of them. I mean, I, when I moved into my house here and my husband was like, what is, what is with these dozen Tupperware boxes? I'm like, oh, this is my model horse collection. Okay, just, there's 500 in here. They're very precious to me. Just make space. This is important. <laughs> so did it, was it like Stephanie said, where you went from painting them and, you know, accessorizing them and everything and then eventually you became a sculptor it was very much that way i mean yes the customizing of them was just a wonderful gateway drug you know you have the general shape and then you can get creative you know as simple as a new mane and tail or a new color on them it doesn't have to be that overwhelming to think of starting a new sculpture i mean that is can be very daunting to most, but just to be handed an already lovely piece and you can make it your own is just such a wonderful place for artists to dip their feet in and not get too scared off because it is a really intimidating thing to now creating realistic model horses. And do you do it in clay? I mean, is it done in clay like a regular sculpture would be done? Is it? Yeah, I most of mine are done in like an oil-based clay, much like other fine art would be um but some people also just go straight from like a armature and a part a part b epoxy where you're limited time frame of an hour working time with this clay i mean there's many approaches to this process but somehow we all end up in a very similar place with a realistic looking horse and, so and they go take... out and look... oh i'm sorry glenn i was just going to say to follow that up and they take that and make a mold out of it then they take that you send it to them and they take that and that's where the mold comes from. Yes. Okay. Yes. So do you look at pictures of, of what you're about to do, like the, the breed, or do you go visit and see the horse on, you know, with the, on the hoof and just say, okay, that's what he looks like in real life. Um, it's a combination of both. If you, if I have access to that breed, you know, I certainly will do my best to go and do as much research as possible, but the internet is a beautiful place. And yeah, honestly, yeah videos of the breeds you want us to see the imagery i mean with the high quality photos nowadays if you don't have access to a real horse it is not a limitation um 
absolutely people who live in the city and are creating some incredible pieces. So the internet has connected us and made our jobs a lot easier. <laughs> I, I love so, it. Troubadours and Morgan Horse, that's one that you did, but that's not after a specific horse. That was more about the breed, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Briar reached out to me um, and wanted, a, you know, an old time style Morgan and to be able to create such an iconic Americana piece, the American Morgan, uh, was such an honor. And it wasn't after a specific breed, but we had discussed a pose that I think worked out really well he can wear saddles and you know just absolutely has that heavy-bodied classic morgan build that we all remember as a kid in the well, book and everything and people you know forget that in the carriage times you know morgans were one of the most prevalent breeds in the late 1800s early 1900s because they used them for riding and driving and being a carriage driver i know all this stuff but it you know they were they were perfect for that i mean that's what they were built for yes yeah. so i hope to create that versatility in this piece both you know he can wear a harness he can wear tacked up, just be in hand, you know, all the important things cover all our bases, just like the versatile Morgan. Mm. And you, it's Stephanie in the video here. You have it, right? <laughs> I do. I have the packaging right here of wow. Troubadour and um, the back of the package uh, shows Kylie with her sculpture, as well as some of the sketches um, and early clay. Um, so it tells the story of how this horse came to life. And then also um, I have the real model right here beautiful. in this beautiful uh, dappled splash pinto pattern, which is just stunning. He's just, yeah, this is the kind of horse you definitely would want in your barn. Absolutely. Question, does the, does the sculptor then do the paint, decide on the paint color? Um, um, yes, I, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> Yes, I got to do the paintwork on that, and it was so fun to, um, you know, think of something out of the box. I mean, I hope Stephanie will go into a little bit more detail as to how the Premier Club's colors are selected as far as, you know, really challenging our overseas painters to create something really special for that first model. But yeah, I, I loved trying to figure out something that hadn't been done and make it my own, but that also would really... Uh, convey the, you know, bring life to the sculpture and make collectors happy at the end of the day. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. It's how many, I got to, Stephanie, I have to go back to you because I have a question I've never asked you mm -hmm. in all these years is how many can you produce different briars? I don't care, just total briars in a day. Like in the factory, how many can be produced? Wow. That is a good question. Um, because of course we have everything from, you know, our smallest stable oh, mates as I'm ones, showing yeah. here, which is about, well, this one's about two inches tall. And then two are one night scale traditional models. Um, it's, you know, many thousands. Uh, I've not actually, uh, I don't have that information, but I know it's many, many thousands. And um, it depends, of course, what time of year it is. And if we're gearing up for fourth quarter, as you can imagine, during the holiday season, that is our our peak season. Although Briar with, Fest. with I, Briar Fest, yeah. Scott, we're, we're it is absolutely down. crazy at Briar Fest. They're lined I'd love up. To go. They're lined I up know. for a half you a mile. You need to both come. <laughs> they're yeah, lined up for half it. a mile that first day to go buy the Briars at the Briar booth. And the briar bird is huge. And then they're just lined up. I mean, they're just lined up because they all want the latest one. And there's only so many. You guys do a good job of that, too. There's only so many. And they, they go crazy. It's just there. It's just it's you will never see anything like it again. In 2019, we we normally open Friday morning. That's when the gates open. And in 2019, people started lining up on Wednesday. There you oh. go. <laughs> So, well, that's just a testament to what you do, though. I mean, that's a compliment. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I used the term rabbit. I meant rabbit. That's what. So, Glenn, if you're coming, you got to get there on Tuesday. I know, apparently. Bring the RV. Just stay on the parking lot. Right there. Well, Kylie, what kind of real horses do you have? I know you're waiting on a baby. Yes, I have one more 
baby coming. Um, but I have a Shire mare and- Oh, I love it. Yes, and I have a Frisian. And then my colt um, that was just born is actually a drum horse. Uh, so he's out of my Shire mare and he's by a banner. Um, so the stocky little cobs. Um, and so the drum horse is usually the combination of those two Shire and or Clydesdale. And they were developed in England to carry the drums through the parades for the queen. Um, so they get the size and temperament of the drafts. But, you know, the fun colors that the banners come in and the hair, you know, obviously I like hair. <laughs> the drums, there's not a lot of drums around, actually. No. And the most amazing part of it is really, I think, my first introduction to the drum horse. And really most of the horses that I have um, was because of Briar Horses and Briar Fest. Uh, around here where I am, I'm exposed to Arabians and sport horses, but because of the deep internet dives I've done through the model horse hobby, it exposed me to the horses that I now have and love. Um, well, you can that... send Stephanie the feed bill for that Shire because that ain't cheap. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually the keeper of all of them. She can look at food and stay perfectly love in awesome condition. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, it's really a testament to the model horse hobby because, you know, most times if you're, you know, you're a breed person through the real horse world, you know, I'm a stock horse person, you stay in your lane, but with the model horses, I mean, your model horse collection is infinite in breeds and when you have to give them breed assignments or research what this color comes in, what color it might come in, I mean, the knowledge that you gain through the model horses is amazing and again it's it's how i have these horses how i decided to have all these weird crosses and stuff is cool. because of research <laughs> it's crazy well for the horses in the morning show i'm going to use troubadour as our picture for this episode so everybody will be able to awesome. see troubadour the one we were just talking about thank you both for or thank you all for joining us and talking about briars and and the the crazy world that it is but we're happy it is because it is bringing more and more people into the horse world like Kylie, uh, who ends up owning a Shire of all things. Um, yeah, I was a Percheron guy, so I had Percherons. Oh. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm used to feeding the big ones and also cleaning the feet of, uh, you know, that are like pie plates. Yeah. Nice. I we'll yeah. completely agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> and they weigh about 40 pounds each. So that, <laughs> that's always fun, too. <laughs> Thank you uh, both. Appreciate Thank you, it. Stephanie. Thanks, Thank Kyle. You. Thank you for listening to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Scott will be right back with more. For more information on Scott Knudsen, the Cowboy Entrepreneur, visit us online at cowboyentrepreneur.com. Well, that was fun. I mean, that was fun. And you're right. You brought up a good point that they're bringing people and kids into the industry. Absolutely, yeah. they are. Absolutely. They're so realistic. You know, they're so realistic and they're such a great company behind them and the excitement, you know, and, and they're doing what a lot of associations are trying to do. Right. Speaking of associations and what they're trying to do, you, you are you all quarter horses? What are you what are you? We, down there? we are now, you know, when I first started training for outside horses, we take anything, you know, we rescue thoroughbreds to um, uh, quarter horses, whatever. And I loved it. And it really helped me tune back down to the quarter horse. Because I was raised with quarter horses and uh, on the ranch here, we breed and raise our own now uh, quarter horses. We do have one Clydesdale um, that, that, and, and he's a pretty cool guy. And uh, my, my wife saw him and we were going to rescue this horse and, and we did. And, and uh, he, he, he serves his purpose. Um, I don't know what it is yet, but we're going to figure it's it out. It's entertainment. That's yes, what they is. are. They're entertainment. Yeah. Conversation piece. <laughs> But yeah. uh, <laughs> but it's fun. But it's now all quarter horses. But before, man, I, I loved anything, any horse. I still do. I just it are was you a, showing? You know, I used to show a lot, train a lot, do the clinics. Yeah. But I just don't have time now with the shows and speaking and, and everything else we do. But um, we we still get out there a little bit, and rope and sort and pin a little bit. Do you miss? We it? still cowboy though. You know, we ranch every day. So do you have do you have cattle and everything on your ranch? Out in out in West Texas, at the place out there, we do. We sure did. Yeah, yeah. Huh. I love you know. I love the lifestyle. 
but just being with that horse, you know, the horse has always saved me more than I've saved it for sure. And, and, uh, uh, that's why, you know, we just took quarter horses, you know, we were in the racing industry a little bit with quarter horses and my dad was a roper and, and, uh, he wrote for a long time and, uh, you know, it's just generational. So that's a good question. I can, I want to ask you standard braid racing is on its way out. I mean, it, there are less and less tracks and it's, it's sad, but that's what's happening is do you see quarter horse racing hanging in there. Is it going to, or man, I, you know, we haven't been, um, it, I don't know, you know, it was so big for so long and so great. And, and when we were in it, the family was in, it, it was in the eighties and, and early nineties. And it was such a big deal, but we haven't been in it in that long and it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I mean, even know? thoroughbred racing obviously is shrinking, you know, because of the number of tracks and everything. The dollar amount's not shrinking at this point, but the number of tracks and the places for the people who are at the lower levels is shrinking. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. It just makes it harder for everybody to play. You know, it's just a certain level has to play to be able to have the chance to win. So you're training horses for people now, and you've been doing it for quite a while. What are you, what's, What's happening in the industry? What do you see as the trend now? You know, it's it's funny. It's kind of all over the place. I don't see anything specific. You know, our interns are coming in. They've never r- rode a horse before or, or, or anything with the horse. And now they're taking off. They're hitting the colleges and they're riding for their, their universities, which is really neat to see. Um, you know, as far as the trend between the, the breeds, it's just they kind of waffle back and forth of who's the most popular, you know. Um, but with the quarter horse, I think they're trying the American Pain Horse Association. They have the new offices in Fort Worth. They're doing a great job marketing the pain horse around the world. And um, quarter horse associations doing a good job getting back in Amarillo as far as the response times and the, getting the papers out quicker and really being more customer oriented. It's great to see that. So I see them the being association- more customer well, that's right. And the associations are being forced to do that now, aren't they? They have to do that because there are so many people leaving. But, you know, they listened and, and they're, they're, the customer base is what their focus is. That's what's going to keep everybody in business for sure. And they're being forced to deal with social media, which they've never had to deal with yeah. before. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's good to see, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like the briar, you know, we were talking about. It, it reaches people that we couldn't. You know, or they don't drive by a horse place and want to go take lessons because it's kind of intimidating, you know, to drive up, see a bunch of people on horses. You don't you never even saddle one up, you know, right. but you start watching the videos and seeing social media and seeing who you can go to. It brings people in. So that that's helped us. What have you learned doing your show? How hard it is and 3000 is a big number. Uh, <laughs> you only have 2,930 to go. Oh, my. <laughs> I, I can't even count that high. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a lot of work, but I love it. I love talking to people and meeting people that I would never have done, you know, just in a normal day. And, and it is welcoming because all of a sudden we're in somebody's home or in their studio or in their barn or something, and we're talking to them. I love that part. And, um, you know, we really try and do our podcast. And when someone watches it, whether they're a novice or experienced, they can enjoy the show, at least one part of it. And I, I love it. It's a lot of hard work, um, but we make a lot of friends. So it's worth it. Well, I, you know, that is you and you get to talk to people you would never talk to. Absolutely. Like I had never met you. no. No, it's terrible. You know, it kind of makes me sad in a way that we wouldn't have met, you know, but now it's like we're friends forever. You know, it's so easy to talk, but, um, but you're, I don't know if you followed it, but last year we did a five week road trip. So we took the RV and we went to 14 States and we stayed at listener farms. Very cool. Uh, all through the 14 states over five weeks, we we camped at their farms all the way across the country. And it was really cool. I mean, it was so exciting. It was exciting for them because, you know, people, they've been listening to us for 10 years and we're showing up in their driveway. Right. Um, so, you know, we ate a lot of good food and we met listeners. We had hundreds of listeners across across the eastern part of the country. And it was truly an experience. And it was something that I've always wanted to try And COVID kind of put a or next to it the previous year mm-hmm. but and the rv was the way to do it and actually staying at their farms was a whole nother level right that's incredible 
That's incredible. What was your response like when you would pull up the drive of a listener that welcomed you into the ranch? (laughs) They were pretty freaked out when they'd hear you talk because with us, it's all podcast. So it's all audio. And when they'd hear your voice, then they, they'd get a little freaked out that we were actually there. And of course they'd all have dinners planned and, you know, and, and then invite other listeners over. And uh, for us, it was just, we got to see our listeners where they lived. We got to meet their horses. We got to see their farms and there was everything from multi-million dollar farms in Aiken, you know, that were absolutely stunning uh, to, you know, just backyard farms and, you know, like the rest of us have. Um, And, and, but it was the, it was just really cool. And then we met listeners in Michigan at a campground. That's the one where we almost died because the tornado went through. Um, so, um, but you know, we had stories to tell that's for sure. Absolutely. Uh, but it was really cool. I would do it again. We're talking about doing it more toward the West coast, but that's actually going to have to be a longer trip. Five weeks was barely enough to do the East coast. Uh, yeah, but I would definitely do it again. It was, it was, it was so much fun for us to meet everybody. Yeah. And that's the best part of what we do. Or for me, I mean, it's just talking to the bit, like I was saying earlier on social media, when people message us or send us a question or just anything, just say, hello. I love that. You know, it's like, wow, somebody's listening. This is great. Well, and you learn, we have such a diverse, you do too. We have such a diverse group of listeners and everything from professional riders down to somebody who has a horse in the backyard that hasn't ridden in 10 years, but just loves hearing about horses. So it's, it's just a little bit of everything. And that really was evident on this trip. That's where we really learned that we have such a diverse group of listeners. And the other thing that we le- we've learned over the years, and you probably have too, is they're all smarter than us. They're like doctors and scientists. And, you know, I can't tell you how many doctors we stayed with. And I was like, why do you listen to our nonsense? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Why in the world? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, th- we think it's their downtime because listening to us, they don't have to think at all. Right? Yeah, in so. the real world, I'll be paying them sitting in their waiting room. You're exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> but but that's what makes podcasting so cool is it, it is accessible to everybody. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you probably have listeners sometimes that surprise you. You're like, I, I'm surprised that that person, you know, who does that would listen to me. All the time. Yes. Mm. I'm surprised they'll even come on the show to tell you the truth, but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, people know who you are, too. Yeah, yeah, we're we're really blessed, and we try and do a good show, for sure. But it's so much fun. You never know. I saw your show, and I liked it. And it's such a great feeling. But then you're like, man, I'm going to try even harder. You know, somehow I'm going to do something else a little bit better to uh, make you want to come back. And that's why they come back, is because you're constantly trying to improve it. And that's why, yeah. Well, we are going to be in Texas, so I hope we get to meet you uh, out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Dallas, we'll drive up to Dallas. That's just Yeah, that's a little bit of a drive from where you are, isn't it? It's about three and a half, four hours, but come see you and have a cup of coffee. Oh, in Texas, that's like, Texas, like, it's like next door. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not too far. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's remind everybody where they can find you again. Absolutely. Cowboy Entrepreneur. Any social media sites, Cowboy Entrepreneur, YouTube, Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. And I host Horses in the Morning. And uh, the Horse Radio Network, by the way, has 21 shows now. So if you want to learn about anything pretty much with horses, we have a show to cover it. So head on over to horseradionetwork.com is where you find all of those. Scott, this has been fun. Thanks for doing this. So much. Thanks thanks to Elizabeth. Absolutely. Elizabeth, you know, put this together for us. It was your idea. And thank you so much. Well, let's do it again. Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Thank you to all the great sponsors of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. If you or your business is interested in being a sponsor of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, please call our office at 830-992-1786 or visit our website, cowboyentrepreneur.com.
Inland Empire. Are you ready for a block party? Teamsters Local 1932 is holding its third annual Spring Fling Car Show and Cruise on May 21st on the corner of 4th Street and Sierra Way in San Bernardino, starting at 10 a.m. This is a fun-filled time for the whole family, so come out and enjoy the event on Saturday, May 21st at 10 a.m. At the end of a long, stressful day, you need the Magic Hands True Shiatsu Neck and Back Massager by True Medic. At last, you don't need to make an appointment for a professional massage. It's portable and rechargeable. Order the Magic Hands True Shiatsu Neck and Back Massager plus heat designed to deliver a deeply penetrating Shiatsu massage to relieve aches and pains. The adjustable arm sleeves give you complete control of the intensity of your massage. The retail price is $299. QVC sells it for $199. But in this special radio offer, it is yours for just $79. Plus, we will throw in free shipping. Enjoy Magic Hands in the comfort of your own home with a recertified demo model, the True Medic Massager. Just 